This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado, there's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Well, always great to catch up with Mike Schilt. The Cardinals manager was with me last hour. You can hear the entire conversation by just going on our Odyssey app using the Rewind feature and started at 1017. That's when we started talking about this 15-game winning streak for the Cardinals. And thank you to Mike for joining us. You know what I like, James, is when we were going through the highlights and he's like, oh, hey, Polly. Hey, good morning. Good to see you. Oh, thanks, Jamie. I appreciate it. He's just, you know, he's getting all the information. He's welcoming the players in the visiting clubhouse at Wrigley Field and sitting there on the phone with us on KMOX. It's always enjoyable. It really is always enjoyable, even when they're not playing well to talk baseball with him. But obviously in this incredible franchise record 15-game winning streak, that was a lot of fun to go through it with Mike Schilt. He does have his lineup submitted. And here it is. The Cardinals taking on the Cubs today. Keegan Thompson is pitching for Chicago. He's a right-hander. And the Cardinals will respond this way. Tommy Edmond is leading off and playing second base. Paul Goldschmidt is the first baseman batting second. Tyler O'Neill bats third today. He's the left fielder. Nolan Arenado is in there batting cleanup and playing third base. Dylan Carlson is back in at right field. He's batting fifth. Harrison Bader in center field bats sixth. Paul DeYoung is the shortstop. Batting seventh, Andrew Kisner is behind the plate today for Jake Woodford, who makes the start for St. Louis. Edmund Goldschmidt, O'Neill, Arenado, Carlson, Bader, DeYoung, Kisner, and Woodford. A fracture uh, was the fear when Edmundo Sosa got hit by a pitch, but the Cardinals have continued to say there is no fracture, and they're continuing to monitor that. We'll get an update from John Mosellock at the bottom of the hour and get the thoughts of the Cardinals president of baseball operations on not only that, but you see who started from Memphis yesterday? 
Jordan Hicks. <laughs> so like, after all this was going on, Jordan Hicks was starting a baseball game for Memphis against Jacksonville. We'll hear how he did and get the thoughts from John Mosellock on that. Coming up, we'll talk a little racing, and we'll also hear from... Our golf editor, Dan Reardon, you know where he is? He would not miss a chance to go see the Ryder Cup. He is there as they are just teeing off right now in the final day, and the United States has completely dominated Europe uh, at the Ryder Cup. They're in very, very good shape there. We'll get thoughts from Dan Reardon on that. John Mosellock at 1130, NFL picks with Lauren Lovett at 1145, Cardinals pregame at 1225. On the home of the Cardinals, KMOX. I fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We had an announcement last week that the NASCAR Cup Series is coming to Worldwide Technology Raceway. First time ever for the St. Louis region. And joining us is the owner of Worldwide Technology Raceway, Curtis Francois. Curtis, welcome to Cardinal Baseball. How are you? Oh, I'm great, Tom. Good to be with you today. Good to be with you. We had some fun over here, didn't we? What an event that was. And thanks to the Cardinals for giving us the building and putting on a big announcement for NASCAR. Absolutely. I think, you know, we finally... Uh, get to deliver on our promise to showcase St. Louis as a premier racing city and really honor our racing heritage and all the loyal fans and uh, deliver, you know, the top tier, top of the, 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 the food chain in racing with the NASCAR Cup race. We're going to call it the NASCAR Gateway Cup for now and just look forward to building a great following uh, for NASCAR here in St. Louis. Yeah, the official name uh, coming up, I'm sure. And again, that's June 5th, 2022. The NASCAR Cup Series, well known by all of our listeners here across the network. You have a, a big audience among Cardinals fans, I know that. And you also know that St. Louis has had a reputation of being a racing town. Now this even takes it to another level, Curtis, starting a legacy. It certainly does, yes. The legacy really starts in June of 22, but that legacy actually started back at the World's Fair with Barney Oldfield, who was uh, making laps in 1904 and ultimately was also down at uh, on the beach in Daytona uh, setting world speed records. So St. Louis has a rich racing heritage, and we're just a part, uh, so, so happy to be a part of, of continuing that and building that. And really, our legacy starts building on June 22nd when the Cup race comes to Worldwide Technology Raceway. I have to think, since you made that announcement here at Ballpark Village, ticket sales have been brisk. Are you taking deposits yet? We are taking deposits, and we're doing it at a, at a great pace. So that just, it just warms our hearts as, as we see that, uh, the, the the region is, is 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 supporting us. You know, St. Louis has always been a celebrated sports town, and now it's a premier racing city. And uh, we intend to show the world that St. Louis uh, stands among few peers as being the greatest uh, sports town in our country. And Madison, Illinois, has played a big part, hasn't it, Curtis, in uh, providing you that opportunity to make this happen, to make a dream come true that you started ten years ago when you first 
laid eyes on this track and decided to buy it. Well, honestly, it wouldn't have happened, Tom, had it not been for uh, Mayor John Hamm over in Madison, uh, Representative Jave Hoffman. Those guys have been uh, with me since the beginning. Just the perfect example of a public-private partnership as we've worked for the last decade to build this into something that is, is going to be memorable and will have uh, a legacy going forward for years to come. I think everyone is just thrilled to welcome the France family and NASCAR to the uh, St. Louis region. The only track in the world that has NASCAR, IndyCar, and NHRA, which actually is going on this weekend, Curtis. Absolutely. Our NHRA event is uh, one of our foundational events. Started back in uh, 2012. It's grown ever since, and it's always a well-attended event. And with the weekend weather that we've got, we expect a great crowd. And again, just to show the country that we're racing town. So while you're listening to the Cardinals and the Cubs, make sure you stop by Worldwide Technology Raceway and see Curtis Francois and his group. They've landed a NASCAR Cup Series race coming up on June 5th, 2022. WWTRaceway.com for all the information. Curtis Francois, we appreciate it. Great to be with you, Tom. Great to be with you. And joining us now to transition to golf is our golf editor, Dan Reardon. He is north of us at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm doing fine, Tom. And we have play underway. And uh, right away, we have a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Rory McIlroy wins a hole. Oh. Uh, a short, a short, far putt, a birdie putt by Xander Shoffley is missed. And uh, one of the rare times over these three days, Rory McIlroy finds himself with a blue flag next to his name. Yes, the United States has really taken over this Ryder Cup. Uh, was that expected, Dan? Did you think that the United States would not only be knocking on the door of winning it on Sunday, but do it in this fashion? The fact that they have won so infrequently in this century is the only thing that held things back. In terms of the, the comparison of the talent, I don't think there is any comparison between the, the depth of this team and the European team. In fact, I would say the Europeans have a little concerned looking forward because likely Paul Casey, likely Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter are going to move out of the mix, and they don't have a young bench coming up. The Americans, you know, they've got a couple of players, you know, a rookie out there uh, in Harris English. They have Dustin Johnson, but they're looking at a bunch of 20-year-olds, and they've got replacement 20-year-olds to do it. So on paper, I said at the beginning of the week or at the beginning of this event, on paper they were the best team, but the Europeans had consistently won on grass. They're not going to win on grass this week. It's going. It's 11-5. We're not supposed to talk about records in this circumstance. We're supposed to focus on the moment. If the U.S. goes 8-4 and four in these matches, which I think is very reasonable, they will set the all-time record since this became a competition that included the continent of Europe. 18.5 is the biggest total ever. They only need to win, what is that, seven, uh, uh, eight matches, eight matches, to get to 19, and that would be the all-time record. Wow. Uh, U.S. Captain Steve Stricker, uh, what kind of a job does he have, Dan? I mean, take us through what he has to decide and how he manages this uh, throughout the weekend. I, I think what Stricker has done best is the combinations that he's put together and not try to prove that he's smarter than everybody else. You know, for instance, everybody was surprised on Friday when Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth got waxed in their first match out and, and, and Jordan Spieth sat in the afternoon. Everybody said, well, what, what's going on? Spieth is one of our stars. But he had a plan. He stuck with his plan. 
And they went 3-1, 3-1, 3-1, 3-1 in all four of the partner competitions because he held to what he had planned in advance. Now, it's easy when you're playing with a full deck of cards, and he has a full deck of cards. But, for instance, I've seen captains that would look at, uh, you know, the combination of Dustin Johnson and mostly Colin Morikawa and get bored with the fact that they were beating everybody and, and show how bright they are by doing something unique. Well, he did put Shoffley with him one time, but basically he said, you know, we're, we're going to go with guys that are, are having success at the moment. So I give him credit for that. And, I, and the turnaround of that is I don't think there is much to be said negative about Padraig Harrington. He just doesn't have the horses. Dustin Johnson, the first American to go 4-0 in team play since Larry Nelson did it in 1979. I mean, that is just remarkable. It's also uh, noted that Johnson was the only one to go out and play all four matches uh, among the Americans, right, Dan? That is, that, I believe that is correct, Tom. And by the way, that 1979 is an important year because that is the year where this event became the U.S. against Europe. Prior to that, it was the U.S. against Great Britain and Ireland. So any records that we see prior to 1979 are somewhat questionable. It was a lopsided competition. There was very little between the two teams. Uh, so the Nelson figure stands pretty prominently. And, and Dustin is, like I said this morning in a report, Dustin has, has sort of flown under the radar. They have been ahead on all the matches that he's played in. He's gotten very little television time because of that. So much focus on John Robb for the job that he is doing. But uh, when Dustin is on, and he's been on this week, it's pretty impressive. Well, he has been the world number one before. Right now, that title goes to Rom, uh, who was unbeaten in team play and uh, looks every bit like uh, the number one player in the world. I mean, he and it's hard not to root for him. Uh, to be honest, I mean, I think he's a very likable player, and and something like this on this stage can increase uh, your profile, can it, among golf fans? Yes, he, he certainly has raised his uh, his image uh, against the cas- for the casual golf fans. People who follow golf closely have seen the talent for a long time, and what one of the big things that John Rahm did is within the last two years. He, he turned down the uh, thermostat on the golf course. John used to get very angry at himself on the golf course, and it would show up with mistakes after that. Uh, now he handles adversity a, a little better. You know, early on you might have compared him to Seve Ballesteros, who, you know, wore his emotions out in the open. Rom is not that way anymore. Dan, what are the galleries like? What is the scene like uh, up there in Wisconsin at Whistling Straits? I know that... The Ryder Cup is known for its emotion among players, but also among the people there. The, the galleries, I, I said something on Friday, the galleries are great but different because they are one-sided galleries. So we hear almost no cheering taking place when anybody from Europe does something well, and they haven't done a lot of things well. But you hear very little of that. The Ole Ole song is still out there, but it's only like one group. You know, It's like they brought one chorus uh, out here uh, to sing and the rest are not. Now, as far as the American galleries, for the most part, for the most part, they have been, uh, I would think, appropriate in their behavior. Perhaps a little too more cheering for things that go wrong instead of cheering for things that go right. Um, it's a little distressing, I think, when a player hits the ball and it goes into the water or it goes into a, a bunker and uh, he's on the other team and there's a big roar. And, and to, again, let's talk about the Americans. Jordan Spieth in those moments has, has turned to the crowds and tried to, encourage them to be a little more respectful of the other team. And in the sense of the appearance of them, when you look at the three, the four par threes that sit along the lake and they all sit hard up against the lake, 
the, the galleries have camped out on those galleries. So you, when you get that drone footage from off Lake Michigan, and you'd see that wall of people on each of those par threes, it's really spectacular to see. It's a spectacular scene and a great golf course, and it just has been a good year for golf, hasn't it, Dana? Really, um, in this pandemic, it has been a very tough time on everybody and a lot of businesses, but not really for golf. I mean, golf just in general is doing very well and doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. From a, from a retail standpoint, at the uh, level that you and I participate in the game, it is a boom market. At the at the tour level, you look at the championships. You have, uh, you know, you have uh, Colin Marikawa with a major. You have John Rahm with a major. You have you have you have uh, Matsuyama with a major. You have uh, uh, Cantley with a, uh, a big win in the uh, in the FedEx. Uh, you, you've had stars play like stars, and yeah, it's been it's been a really good year, I think, for professional golf, at least among the men. What about locally? I heard you talking with Michael Calhoun in KMOX News about uh, the development. Reese Jones, who we know well, uh, has come in and has assisted on what is going to be a 12-hole golf course. The Hoffman family coming in and uh, trying to make things happen in Augusta to make that a world destination. Is St. Louis becoming a golf destination if you add in what Jack Nicholas is doing at Normandy and other projects, Dan? I think the Normandy project is the one that will bear the, the, the greatest examination because when Jack was here for the, for the uh, event a week ago, he was very open about the fact that he wants to do an East Lake kind of thing. And for people that don't know what that means, when they, when they recreated East Lake for the Tour Championship in the FedEx Finals, they recreated a community, not just a golf course. And what Jack would like to see what he's doing at Normandy expand out neighborhood by neighborhood through North County. So I think that's the one that we need to look at the most. In terms of the 12-hole golf course, I think it's an interesting idea because as golf has become more popular, it still is four or five hours out of a a person's day, and they will always run into a little resistance on that. So there's always been the conversation of play nine as a way of promoting the game, which I do mostly play nine holes. And I think a 12-hole course fits that exactly. You You can play 12 holes in, let's say, a couple hours, two and a half hours max, get in your golf fix, and then go on and do other things. So I, I like the idea. And Reese is a wonderful architect, and, and, not, and the only liability he may have as an architect is he likes the length and he likes to attack the players with his length. And this is a property that's not going to allow him to turn it into a muscle of, of course. He's also a huge Cardinals fan, and I'm sure he'd love to be in this next interview that we're going to do with John Mosellock. He'd probably want to ask him a few questions. Uh, Dan Reardon, for now, we're going to say goodbye, and we appreciate your coverage from the Ryder Cup very much. Thanks for joining us from Wisconsin. Look for that 8-4 finish and 19 points. Looking forward to it. Dan Reardon broadcasting live from the Ryder Cup in Wisconsin, where the United States is off to a great, great uh, start in this, well, about to finish this Ryder Cup against Europe. We'll take a break. Another good golfer is John Mosellock, but he has been locked in on a 15-game winning streak, a franchise record for the Cardinals. He's next on KMOX. It's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown! 
touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Always enjoy the visit with Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosaylock, especially when they do something that they've never done before. Good morning, John. How are you? Doing well, thanks, Tom. Exciting times. Exciting times. I mean, what's going through your mind right now? You've watched a lot of baseball in your life. Uh, we've never seen this happen before. First of all, to be, and there's a lot of work to do, but to be part of history, what does that feel like from your perspective? You know, it's always nice to be part of something that that's historic, and, and of course, you know, taking time to reflect on, on what we've watched and been doing We'll, we'll, we'll come at some point and, and we'll be able to do that. But right now, just try to stay present, trying to understand that we are day to day and that we are really much really trying to just focus on today. And, you know, I think that's what this club's been able to do over the last couple of weeks. And I think you started to see the, 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 the trend in this team, if you will, um, going back to, to early August. And, you know, here we are. It's, it's, you know, it's just a very entertaining product. Uh, I think the the way we're doing things is on any given night, it could be someone else. And I just feel like when you're seeing a team win the way we're winning, in other words, as a team, it's uh, it's really gratifying. And it is a lot of fun for those players. You know, I mean, if you want to be locked in, uh, it's it's hard when you lose. I remember talking to David Eckstein about that, and he said it's you know it it's no fun when you're losing. You know, everybody talks about trying to get the clubhouse on the same page. But, you know, when you're winning, it just makes things a little bit easier uh, when it comes to focusing. And I'm just, uh, you can see it, can't you, Uh, John? I mean, you you crunch numbers. You all do amazing scouting work, and you have for a long time, analytics. uh, But the human being, uh, you've also been good at that and bringing in people who can fit a culture. And you can see that come together. Even if you're not a baseball expert, you can see that body language, can't you? I really feel like sometimes we overthink the word culture, but one of the things that I think that's very clear right now is is the word confidence. And the team is playing with a high level of confidence. And the reason for that is is they're focused on doing the little things. You know, as as Chuck Knoll said, if you if you do little things, if you don't do little things, you're not going to do big things. And what's happening right now is we're taking advantage of the little things and big things are happening. And so, you know, really it's a, it's a great perspective. And do I think our, our clubhouse is, is gelling? Do I think it's, it's coming together? Of course. And, you know, anytime you're having this level of success, you're, you're typically having a, a very strong clubhouse. But the word I think I would focus on the most is just confidence. And right now, you know, as, as our confidence was growing throughout this process over the last six weeks, it's it's sort of led us to where we are, and, and now you can tell it's a very confident team. Three, two, five, four, two, eight, six. Like, that's not a perfect example of players being on the same page in what could be a potentially chaotic situation, and it always is when a, a rundown takes place, yet they executed it to perfection. It is just a, a, a perfect example of the the teamwork going on here. What was that like watching that for you, John? I will say I, I don't recall ever seeing anything like that, um, but it, it sort of reminds you of, of, of how we thought about putting this club together. In other words, very good defensive players, 
with high baseball IQ because you need both. And and the way that that unfolded, you had three Gold Glovers for sure touch it, potentially a fourth um, coming this season. And and so you know, not surprised at all. But you know, when you when you actually go back and look at it, it was like everybody was in the right place at the right time. And as you know, um, that could have easily gone south fast, and it didn't. It was really something. I want to ask you some housekeeping questions. Uh, but first, uh, just a, a, a player that should stand out over the weekend and what he did, Dakota Hudson. Uh, he walks right in, not that he lacks confidence, but what a moment for him, John Mosellock. Dakota Hudson is added to this roster and pitches like that on Friday. Yeah, that was huge. Um, given everything that we're going through right now, I mean, having to play a doubleheader during this stretch, it's, you know, a lot of guys are on fumes. You know, the manager is having to, you know, really pick his places where he can use people in the bullpen, trying to keep people fresh. It's 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 a challenge, but for him to step up and give us those innings was was massive. It was a big big deal, and the Cardinals also saw Jack Flaherty. Now that was planned. We wanted to uh, to know, and and we were told that it was going to be a brief outing for him. But did he come out of that okay? Yeah, so far so good. Um, you know, obviously. This is tough when you're when you're in a playoff run where you're trying to get to the postseason and also trying to give people work, where you're also trying to balance where you're trying to give people less work. It's again, this is this is challenging, and that's why you know the manager and the staff are trying to put the the, the pieces together to, so we can complete this puzzle. But um, it's not easy, and so you know we are hopeful that Jack can take the ball again and hopefully his pitch count can go up. Meanwhile, while all of this was going on yesterday, Jordan Hicks started a game for Memphis. Now, it was not a long outing, but it was an outing and a big moment in his career. John Mosellock, what was the reaction and the report on Jordan Hicks starting for Memphis? You know, obviously, it's been a while since he's pitched in a game. I think his feel for, for the strike zone is, is going to take some time. But I think just from a mental standpoint of getting the opportunity to toe the rubber, pitch in a game, I think it's helpful for him. And, you know, ultimately he's going to try to pitch in the Arizona Fall League this fall, try to, um, you know, bank some innings and prepare himself for 2022. And finally, health is so important this time of year, and Paul DeYoung has jumped right in and picked up at shortstop. That said, uh, the latest on Edmundo Sosa, if you can, the, the last that I have is that, no fracture is great news. It's just a, a wait and see. What is the latest on him? Yeah, I, th- I think he's still a little sore. Um, but given the fact that, you know, Paulie stepped in and is having some success, I think we can be patient with, with Sosa. And the fact that we're off tomorrow buys us an extra day. So I think, you know, the reality is, is just try to be patient. And then we'll reassess where we are um, Tuesday afternoon. Can't wait to see you back home. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens here down the stretch. What an incredible day, an incredible 15-game stretch. John, good luck today. All right. Thank you, Tommy. Good to talk to you. John Mosella, Cardinals president of baseball operations, the Cardinals and the Cubs today at 120. We'll take a quick break. We'll go through NFL Sunday for you next. 
Sports on a Sunday morning continues on KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. What a day we have had as the Cardinals play here going for their 16th straight win. We've had a lot of fun talking some baseball today, among other things. But as we always do, we go through our NFL picks with Lauren Lovett. You have lost me again, although week two was very, very close. I was nine and six and you were eight and seven. Now you're starting to creep up on me. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting a little bit better. I got to do better this week. I got to do better this week. Well, I need I would- to get. I need to get 10 on the board this week. That's the goal. At yeah, I was uh, I was nervous facing you in the first week. I did beat you. I was 9-6 and six both weeks, so at least I've been consistent. Let's see how I do here. So I'm going to start this time with my pick, and then you will follow. And let's start with the noon game, Washington at Buffalo. The Washington football team playing at the Buffalo Bills, a really good team. Josh Allen has been leading the squad that won and won on the season. What are you thinking here? I- I'm going to go with Buffalo myself the noon kickoff in Buffalo. The Bills win it. Lauren, what do you think? I'm agreeing with you here. I think Heineke has done some really positive things for Washington, but the Bills looked so good last week against the Dolphins. Josh Allen still, I don't think, has gotten all the kinks out yet, but their line looked good. Um, Singletary and Moss looked good, as did their DNs. I think the Bills are going to win today. So we're even on that one. The Bears at Cleveland last week. I liked the Bears at home, and I was rewarded. This time around, I'm not feeling that way. I like the Bears uh, in some respects, but the Cleveland Browns are too good of a team to lose this game. It's a noon kickoff for the Browns at home. I've got the Browns beating the Chicago Bears. What do you think? We're in agreement again. I know everyone in Chicago is nuts about, you know, Fields getting his first official debut I do think Fields is better than Andy Dalton, but I was underwhelmed by his showing last week. I think they dropped back 27 times, only had about 83 passing yards. If Matt Nagy can just, like, finally, I don't know, design an offense that maybe fits better around the newly appointed Fields, they can do something, but I'm not convinced. Uh, I think the Browns are going to win today. So we're in agreement on the first two. Baltimore mm-hmm. at Detroit. Can the Lions get off the schneid? They're 0-2. The Ravens with a terrific win at home on Sunday night against the Kansas City Chiefs, and I just think they're too good. I think they win at Detroit today at noon. Lauren, what do you think? I mean, yeah, that should be an easy win. Lamar Jackson's game last week was just too good. I mean, too good. Uh, Kansas City, kryptonite no more for him, which I'm so happy about. Um, I love watching him play. He's so talented. I mean, I think he outplayed Mahomes last week, and he completely annihilated Kansas City's defense in prime time, which was a beautiful thing. I'm going with the Ravens today. Meanwhile, we have Indianapolis at Tennessee. The Colts are 0-2, and they certainly need something to go their way. The Titans with a nice win last week at Seattle. Uh, gosh, this one is a little tougher for me to pick because the Colts lost to the Rams, but they lost a narrow game 27-24. Seems mm-hmm. to me that Tennessee needs a victory here, uh, but the Colts are pretty desperate. I'm going to go, I might surprise you here, I'm going to go Colts on the road trying to get a win to avoid going 0-3. What do you think? Okay. Um, yeah, I I wanted to go with the Colts this week, but, you know, even with Wentz, I know he's playing today, but he's got one, not two ankle sprains. I mean, not one, but two ankle sprains. Um, if they have to go with Brent Huntley, that's not going to be, that's not going to be good. Um, I just think the Titans had uh, so many good stops in the second half last week. Derrick Henry once again turned into the incredible Hulk and they just kept feeding him. And if they do that again today, 
Um, I just think that the Titans are going to run away with it. So I'm going to go with Tennessee today. Good pick. You like the Titans at home. Chargers at Kansas City. This one seems pretty easy to me. Chiefs bouncing back at Arrowhead Stadium to beat the Chargers. Lauren, what do you think? The Chiefs are so talented and so explosive. Clearly, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had not had that fumble last week, the Chiefs would still be undefeated. I would like to see them play with a little more urgency throughout the entire game, not just the fourth quarter. Um, with the talent they have on that team, I don't think the score should be so close. But other than that, um, you know, the Chiefs are at home. They won't have Hilaire making those mistakes today. I think it's I think it's a win for the Chiefs. The Saints at the Patriots. We might differ on this one. So New England beats the Jets soundly. New Orleans gets throttled by Carolina after crushing Green Bay in week one. I'm going to say New Orleans wakes up today and gets a win on the road against the Patriots. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I don't think the Saints are as bad as they appeared on Sunday against the Panthers, but I also don't think they're as good as they looked against Green Bay in Week 1. Winston struggled, made several bad decisions last week, and you cannot do that against Bill Belichick's defense. They are an opportunistic defense, and they will exploit any missteps by Winston. They look good. They've been consistent. I'm going to give it to Mac Jones and the Patriots today. In a game of two teams 0-2, something's got to give here. Atlanta at the Giants. I am not high on the Giants whatsoever. Uh, the Giants have lost to both games, although they lost a narrow game to Washington last week, 30-29, to in a game that was a little closer maybe than I thought it was going to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Atlanta is a team that uh, is going to struggle this year. They've been pretty much blown out in two games for that reason, I, I think I've got to pick the Giants, although I think this one's going to be close. What do you think, Lauren? I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you here. I think this one will be really close. But I'm going to go with the Giants here. I think Daniel, Daniel Jones is running the ball um, more, and their offense seems to be getting better and better. He's got some weapons at his disposal. Um, he's got Galladay. I think Saquon Barkley looks good to go. He has to play up today and take advantage of those weapons. But if he does, I think they'll get the win today. This is a good one here. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh kicks off at noon. The Steelers 1-1. One and one. The Bengals 1-1. One and one. I'm going Bengals on the road. I see something in them. I think they get the victory today. Um, I agree. I think he, Burrow's going to have to play a much cleaner game. He can't make the mistakes he played last, made last week throwing, what, three straight picks on three state passes. But I think a road win versus a divisional team would build a ton of momentum for the Bengals, and I think they can get it done against a banged-up Steelers defense. Uh, They also have Big Ben was a little bit banged up. I think he's back. I also think Deontay Johnson is still questionable. Based on that, I'm going to go with the Bengals today. Arizona at Jacksonville to wrap up the noon games. Cardinals are 2-0. Jaguars check in at 0-2. I like the Cardinals on the road. Yeah, I, uh, I'm walking up the Cardinals today, too. They got lucky last week when Greg Joseph missed that field goal attempt to win the game for the Vikings. Um, but although they had luck on their side, they look and feel like a team that's going to be in it for the long haul. Baby Yoda played out of his mind, and they just looked fantastic. Jacksonville, on the other hand, doesn't look great on either side of the ball. So I think it's a win for the Cardinals today. The 3 o'clock games, Jets at Denver. I don't think this is much of a contest. I like the Broncos at home, Lauren. What do you think about that game? Teddy Bridgewater has played some excellent football these last two weeks. Cortland Sutton looked fantastic. He may not be as explosive as Jerry Judy, but he is such a good route runner. He plays smart. It was a breakout game for him, along with Noah Fant, who picked up a TD. Uh, Patrick is also set to play. Denver's defense looked completely legit in week two, and um, this is a home game for them today. So I think it's an easy win for the Broncos. Tampa Bay at the Rams is a 325 game. Let me get to that in just a moment and do the 305 game. Miami at Vegas. I'm kind of going back and forth on this one. Tua 
is out for this game for the Dolphins. Vegas is 2-0. and I'm very tempted to pick the Raiders at home, and I think I'm just going to do it. Vegas wins it over Miami. What do you think about that game? Uh, we're in agreement again here. Derek Carr has had an incredible first two games. Who would have thought that he would be 2-0 and after playing the Ravens and the Steelers in week one and two? Not me. Um, I also love that he like, spreads all his talent around. He doesn't have any favorites on offense. He just zeroes in on who's available. Waller, Renfro, Ruggs. I mean, everyone's just putting up points. Uh, Miami doesn't have Tua. They were completely destroyed last week. Um, I think the Raiders get this one today. Tampa Bay at the Rams. I'm picking the Bucks. I'm going Tom Brady on the road, and everyone knows why I pick against the Rams. But also, I just... <laughs> I just uh, I love what Brady's doing, and I think he's going to go beat this team today at three twenty-five. Lauren, what do you think? You know, this was like this was my kryptonite pick of the week. I knew you were going to go anything but Rams, so I'm going to go. God forgive me uh, against Tom Brady. I'm going to go with the Rams today. Um, they're home for some reason. I just feel like the Rams are going to have the momentum to take this one today. And then come January, when they meet up again, and this game really matters. Tom Brady's going to come up for the win. Uh, Antonio Brown is out. I don't know. Aaron Donald, and the Rams defense might, choose, might be too much for the Bucs. They're on the road. I don't know. He's, I don't think Brady's actually ever played in this stadium. Not that that means anything, but um, I think Cooper Cup's going to have a huge game. I am going to go against you and pick the Rams for the win today. All right, Seattle at Minnesota. I'm going Vikings at home getting their first win of the season. They've played two heartbreaking games. They've lost them both. I like the Vikings at home, Lauren. Who do you like? I was right there with you until Dalvin Cook is it was out. I mean, they he just he's just such a beast. Uh, the Seahawks started out what strong 24-9 halftime great lead against Tennessee. Um, but the Vikings really set themselves up to win last week. Their defense played well. Uh, I really did want to take the Vikings today, but because he's not playing, I'm going to go with the more seasoned quarterback and say that Russell Wilson's going to get it done today. Sunday night game, Green Bay at San Francisco. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers going back to the Bay Area and picking up a victory. Lauren, who do you like there? Another great Sunday night primetime matchup. This one was a toss-up for me. I know that everyone thinks for the Packers it comes down to Aaron Rodgers, but I want to say it comes down to uh, to Aaron Jones. Um, he is one of the best pass-catching backs in the league. He came up with four touchdowns last week. He showed what he can be, and now he's up against a pretty much unproven 49ers defense. Yes, they got two wins on the road, um, but they're hurting at the running back spot, and I think if the Packers can play like they did last week, they're going to win today. Mon- take the pack. Monday night football, the Eagles at the Cowboys. Wow, that's a, it's going to be a good one. I, I'm going to go Cowboys here. Cowboys at home on Monday night. I thought they had to win last week. They did get that win, and I think they carry that momentum against a pretty good Eagles team. What do you think? Um, no, I agree. The Cowboys O-line looked fantastic last week. They predicted deck well. Um, Zeke has been okay the last two weeks, just 27 carries for 104 yards, but Pollard is looking explosive. He's averaging 7.7 yards per carry throughout the last two weeks. He generated 123 yards on just 16 carries with a touchdown. Um, The Eagles are missing Brandon Brooks and Brandon Graham. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys today. Well, we're pretty close on these now. We're very tight, so there's a few games that are going to swing it one way or the other. Lauren Lovett, before we go, how about fantasy football? What is your fantasy football tip of the week? I am loving... I am loving, I am loving Teddy B. I, he is two and zero. His stats are crazy. He has 529 passing yards, four TDs, zero picks, 
a 120.7 QB rating, and a 77.1 completion percentage. Now they're playing against the Jets at mild high where they should be able to put up a ton of points. I think stack him with Cortland Sutton, who exploded for nine catches and 159 yards last week, and you will be sitting pretty uh, in your FanDuel or DraftKings League today. Very nice. The quarterback for the Denver Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater, is a must-play, according to Lauren Lovett. Who I always appreciate. Thanks for the visit. Good luck this week. We'll see if you can take me down in the NFL picks. Sounds good. Good luck. Thanks. The Cardinals are coming up next. A 120 start. Joe Pott will have your pregame at 1225. Let's see if the Cardinals can keep this going and push it to 16 straight wins. On the home of the Cardinals, KMOX. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 